0: Well, on the line with me right now is Carol McLeod. Now, Carol has been involved in women's ministry for, well, let's talk to Carol. First of all, welcome, Carol.
1: Thank you, Don. I'm so excited to be with you today.
0: You've been involved in women's ministry for a great many years. You're you're, you're a podcaster, you're a blogger, you're a broadcaster, you're a speaker. You're more than knee-deep into women's ministry. For how long?
1: Oh, Don, you know, I was the first women's chaplain at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa back in the late 70s. So I think that's probably when it began. You know, just I, I just wanted to help women live well according to the principles found in the Word of God. You know, I always say, I can't change your circumstances, but I can help you process your circumstances according to these eternal and hopeful principles. So that's really the call of my life.
0: Was that something new, women's ministry, that women, the approach to women, uh, the approach to discipling and and the disciplines for women were certainly different than men? That seemed to be, when I go back that long, that really wasn't uh, very prominent.
1: No, you know, I grew up... um, walking in this tension, Don, of feeling called to the ministry, but I didn't know what that meant. Okay, was I going to marry a pastor? Was I going to be in charge of the annual turkey dinner? Was I going to teach Sunday school? Because those are the options available to women as you know, back in the 50s, 60s, and even on into the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but God just started to do a new thing with women through the Word of God. Now, l- let me just frame my statements by saying this. I feel called to women. I-, I don't feel called to disciple men in any way, shape, or form. I feel called to, to, to precisely help women live in a place of hope. Um, and, you know, this is the deal, Don men and women both have emotions, don't we? I, but the thing is, women process them a lot differently than men do. Men try to stuff, and women tend to vomit. Now, that's, you know, probably an overstatement, a little bit of an exaggeration, but I want to help women go to the heart of their issues and serve the Lord wholeheartedly no matter what they're going through in
0: life. You know, insofar as you're exclusively uh, a ministry to women, nonetheless, there are a great many men who are also helped by it.
1: I hope so, Don. I really do.
0: You know, happy wife, happy life.
1: That is so true. And, you know, the ripples of a woman's life, lasts for generations. Mm. If if the matriarch, if the mother of a family, if the wife of a man is angry and bitter, guess what? Mm. That's going to impact the family for generations to come.
0: Men don't get it, do they? They tend to want to fix it and let's move on.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, conversely, if if a woman is peaceful and joyful and hopeful, she's going to leave, leave a legacy that's more valuable than gold or stocks. Mm. Um, so women have power to impact everything about their family for generations to come.
0: Do you find it's a matter really of not of circumstance, but first things first, any circumstance can be, can be overcome or, or certainly can be understood when first you seek the kingdom?
1: Yeah, that, and that's the key. You know, Don, I don't know if you know my story, but I have five children on earth and five children in heaven. Mm. So I would get to between 12 and 20 weeks in my pregnancies when the babies would die inside of me. Mm. And four of those little lives I actually held in my hand. Mm. Um, And because of that, because of years and years of infertility, then I walked through a deep, dark depression, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, every battle we're in, God gives us a gift. And when I walked through infertility, God gave me the gift of faith, of just believing, of just standing. When I walked through depression, God gave me the gift of joy, a joy that defies my circumstances. And then most recently, I've walked through this battle with very aggressive cancer, and you know what, Don? God gave me the gift of brave during the cancer battle, and so when we seek the Lord wholeheartedly, when when we give him every waking hour of our day, when we say, Jesus, less of me and more of you, when we say, Jesus, I am all in, Don, he gives us the ability to walk through the fire and not even smell
0: like smoke. Is it a revelation to many women that uh, they have to surrender to this, surrender it all? Otherwise, they're into spirals of of desperation rather than spirals of victory. Is this something new that they have to understand? What's what's the problem?
1: It's certainly not new, because there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, even Esther had to learn to surrender. Mm. Um, Sarah had to learn to surrender. Um, But I love that word, Don, don't you? The word surrender. You know, we um, resist it but actually often it's the most powerful choice we can make. And, and, you know, we live in a world where our culture tells us, me first, demand your own way, um, but that's never been God's way. The world's way has never been the Word's way. And when the Bible says surrender, it, it's, it's not for our deficit, it's for our benefit. Mm. That when we surrender our emotions and our will and our preferences, um to the lord we're we're going to live the most joyful fulfilling life imaginable
0: i'm i'm thinking that somebody who has gone through the crucible of experience as you have can speak to issues in a way that many women would say you don't know what i've gone through you sort of you sort of get it don't you
1: i do you know when When you go through these various battles in life, Don, you know, it refines your theology, and I think there's part of the nature and character of God, we'll never understand this side of Heaven. And my goodness, the greatest theologians in all of recorded history, starting with Job, have tried to figure out why do the children of God have to go through hard times. And you know where I have landed with that there's only one possible reason why a loving father would allow a child to experience difficult circumstances and that is to make hell smaller and heaven bigger Mm -hmm. the only possible reason the Lord would allow somebody like you or me or one of the listeners today walk through um, the fire of ferocious circumstances is so that we can share our faith mm-hmm. it's, it's so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we've been comforted with um, and so Don, that's really what I tried to do along my life's journey is that man my life has not been perfect I am not Mary Poppins with a Bible mm-hmm. I am NOT Pollyanna I am a real woman who's gone through devastating circumstances but I've held on to my faith mm-hmm. And I've learned that the principles in the Bible work. And if they work for me, they'll work for you.
0: Bloodied, but unbowed, beaten, but not broken.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: You know, this is all a preamble to uh, just the fact that you, you've done so much. You bring so much wisdom. Uh, seven books you've written, and the, the latest book is, is very timely. Let There Be Joy. You know, it's interesting. I was reading an article, in fact, just yesterday, uh, Eric McTac- Metaxas, who you probably know. Yeah. And the article was, Too Much Christmas, Too Little Advent. Mm. And I'm thinking your book just fits perfectly with the problem that I think many Christians have, and that is being overwhelmed by the secularity of Christmas, the way it's become instead of the way it should be celebrated.
1: Yeah, that's so true. We've got to keep our focus during the Christmas season. Now, let me tell you, I give gifts. I rarely send cards because I don't have time. I decorate my home. We sing the songs, the the beloved songs of this incredible season. I probably eat too much. I don't spend too much because I've learned not to do that. But Don, we keep our focus during Christmas time. We we are aware that we're celebrating the most eternal event known to mankind. And done it's such a powerful now i don't even like the word powerful i wish i could think of another word it is such a life altering event it's such a magnificent event that the world celebrates but they don't even know what they're celebrating mm-hmm. they just know that during this season there's cause mm-hmm. there is a reason to celebrate and so it's up to us as the people of god to to Communicate the truth of what we're celebrating. And I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about the power of eternity invading time. I'm talking about a Savior. Um, You know, Don, I have always been a Christmas-aholic, ever since I was a little girl. I love everything about this season, but I, I... I love it for the right reasons and not for the wrong reasons. Um, I was raised by a general of the faith, and he taught us well what Christmas was all about. And so I have begged publishers for years to let me write this book, a, a Christmas book. But nobody really wanted to because... Christmas books have a very short shelf life. Mm -hmm. You know, you can sort of sell them in October, November, and December, and that's it. Um, But let me tell you, this book is hitting the nerve of many people who want to celebrate Christmas well.
0: Why Why do you think that is? I, I notice five-star reviews on Amazon. I mean, yep. people love it. I mean, it's, it's happy. It's sad. You run through the gamut of emotions. But what is particularly special about this that not only is great for Christmas time, but all year round?
1: Well, because Christmas is not about... 12 days a year. Christmas is about 12 months a year. Christmas is about 365. Christmas is 24-7. There is no reason that we should ever stop celebrating the message and the heart of Christmas. Um, You know, the title of the book is Let There Be Joy, and, and the reason I named it that is, you know, the first recorded words of God in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 are these, Let There Be Light. Because his presence, he is the light of the world, had Mm. come to planet Earth, Mm. had had come to the void, had come to the darkness, because God didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars till three or four days later. But when God showed up, when he verbalized his presence, he said, let there be light. Now, when Jesus was born... What did the angels say? They said, Behold, we bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. So in effect, God was saying, Let there be joy, because the presence of Jesus Christ had come to planet Earth, so joy had come. He, in whose presence is fullness of joy, had arrived on the scene. And so Don... We don't need to, leave, to live in a state of hopelessness or dismay or depression or gloom any longer because joy has
0: arrived. You know, the the statement, let there be joy, could very well be considered declarative, but it is also, I think, giving permission to those who don't want to let there be joy in their lives.
1: Yeah, you know... Um, When the angels sang that night, they sang to shepherds. And let me tell you about shepherds. Shepherds were hopeless. They were never going to get a Christmas bonus. They were never going to get a pay raise. They had sheep drool on their robes and sheep dung between their toes. And my goodness, the sheep they were taking care of probably weren't even their own sheep. Um, Their world was hopeless. It was dark. It was cold. But it was to them that the angels sang and so for the listeners today who are in a dark, cold place, who don't know if they can walk through Christmas this year, I want to tell you, the angels are singing the song of Christmas over your life. Um, Jesus didn't come for those people who had it all together, who made six-figure incomes, and, you know, of course he did come for them, but the, the message of Christmas done is to those of us who are struggling. The message of Christmas rings clearest and most vibrant to those of us who are experiencing pain this year. Christmas is for you. You are not left out of the Christmas equation.
0: Well, the book is certainly available in bookstores, but also on Amazon and, you know, all the all the, all the the normal places you can get this yeah. book. And, you know, I was thinking, well, this is like a, a chocolate advent calendar where you can sort of, you know, if you get it sorted on the 13th, you've got 13 days of treats you can pretty well binge on to get up to date, right? I love
1: that, Don. I'm going <laughs> to quote you on that. That's amazing. And who doesn't? I think we all need Christmas in January, right? Yeah. Um Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. I loved sharing the message of this book, Let There Be Joy.
0: Well, Carol McLeod, Let There Be Joy. You can Google that and go to Amazon, Let There Be Joy, and you can order the book in time for Christmas, we hope. But nonetheless, at any time, this is really a gift. And Carol, thank you for taking your passion, your experience, and uh, and applying it to uh, to a, a book that many I think will find almost transformative in in understanding what God has done for us.
1: Thank you, Dan. I hope so. Radio, we're the original social media, but you can still find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Look us up at MyJoy Radio. See you there.